Welcome back, everybody, to episode number five of Jake and Marty's Weekly Dose. That's right. You heard it. Episode five. Who would have thought we would have made it this far? But, hey, we did. We're here. You guys are still listening, hopefully enjoying it. But uh, back this week again, clearly, with my co-host, Marty. Marty, how's it going? What's going on, guys? And a lot of people don't know this, but five was my football number. So exactly makes it a special podcast. I throw that out there. Makes it a special podcast for us, and we also have our second guest this week, uh, our friend Dapper Dan Longo. How's it going, Dan? <laughs> what up? What up, guys? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on this week. Oh, of course, excited to have Dapper Dan. I'm stoked. <laughs> excited to have you here, Dan. I'm excited to get this episode started. We got a couple. We got a couple of fun games. We're gonna play at the end of the episode regarding the Bills. We're gonna have them guess it. A former Bills player that I have some couple clues to that they're going to have to go by the clues and kind of guess who the player is. Then at the end of the episode, we are going to uh, we're going to try to number all the Bills with their jersey numbers going 1 through 99. We're going to see how far we can get. Um, I don't know how far we're going to make it, but we're going to try. But uh, with that, just let me get into my first point now. These fucking god-awful Buffalo Sabres, all right? I mean, every single week now, you have heard me and Marty bitch about this team. And the last time we talked, they had played four games, three of those games being against the New York Islanders. And tell me how the fuck we are going to lose three of those games by the same exact score of five to two. Like, how bad are we? And I'm just amazed still that we're at this point in the season, um, after how long me and Marty have been bitching about them, how everyone has been bitching about them that Ralph Kruger is still the fucking head coach of this Buffalo Sabres team. You would have thought now probably – I would have thought two weeks ago he could have been fired last week, and now it's him being here this week. It's just amazing to me, and it goes to show that the Pagulas have no fucking idea what they are talking about when it comes to hockey. They don't know what they're doing. They just need to sell – I don't even need to sell the Sabres – they just need to sell part of the ownership of the Sabres so someone else who's a hockey mind can come in and run this team and try to build something around this team. I mean, it's just fucking embarrassing. And then I see all these people on Twitter talking about, oh, how it's time to just trade Jack Eichel. Go fuck yourself, all right? You're probably the same exact people that wanted to fucking trade Ryan O'Reilly. And as soon as we did, this dude goes and wins a con fucking Smythe trophy in the Stanley Cup finals, and you're going to tell me he was the problem of our team. He clearly wasn't the fucking problem of the team. You can see what the problem with this team is. And you're trying to trade Jack Eichel now, which I get. It, it's looking more likely that's probably going to happen. But if you for one second can look me in the eyes and tell me we need to trade Jack Eichel, you need to look in your, the mirror and fucking reevaluate who you are as a person because that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Jack Eichel is a generational talent, and you cannot tell me that there is a rhyme or reason why we should trade him. If you have a, that good of a player, you just want to rebuild around him no matter what. Because what are we going to do? Go rebuild and get around Cousins? Okay, yeah, we could do that. But guess what? Jack Eichel is in the same spot. Cousins is going to be now seven years ago, six years ago, excuse me. And it's just embarrassing that people actually can sit down, look at the tweets that they sent and say, oh, yeah, this is a good tweet. This is a good idea. No, it's not. It's the worst idea I've ever heard. Yes, the Sabres do have shit they need to figure out, like a lot. It's not even – it's everything. Top to bottom, everything the Sabres team needs to figure out. You guys heard it last week. Um, not any of my opinions has changed since last week, but just, just tell me that it just made me mad when you tell me that we need to trade Jack Eichel, go fuck yourself because we do not. Jack Eichel is the best player on this team by far. He's in a great season. I know, um, he's hurting on 
don't really know the severity of the injury, but um, I don't know. It's just kind of sad that to see people actually think we need to trade this guy. But um, I am going to just wrap up my rant there just because it's another week that's bothered me. Um, Marty, do you want to throw in anything in there about this Sabres team before we move on? I would talk about trading the coach. He's, a, he's I think he's the problem. Uh, but, no, I think you summed it up perfectly and um, much more aggressively than I could have done. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was a little heated at it. So I love this team, and this is what it's coming to. Like, it's embarrassing because you go back. To, so I was born in 1997. You go back. Um, when I was born, the Sabres were good, and the Bills were average to dog shit each year. And now all of a sudden – when the Bills start to become good, the Sabres are going to be dog shit. Why can't Buffalo just be a city like a Boston is or like a Chicago is minus the fucking Chicago Bears? Give me teams who are constantly the whole city and every single team they have is constantly in the playoff hunt fighting for a championship. I mean, it would be great. Like kids who grow up in Boston who are my age have had life made for them. All the championships they got with Tom Brady, all those Celtics uh, finals trophies, and all of the um, the Bruins Stanley Cups they have, they and the fucking Red Sox too. You guys haven't made in Boston, and now this year you had one bad season with the Patriots. Who cares? You still have good teams there. Whereas Buffalo, we only have two big teams here, and why can't they just be good at the same time? Like, just give me that for once in my life. I would love that. It would put me at peace. It would make my life probably. I'm a, I'm a very happy person. Who for people who know me, I'm a happy person, but it would just take me to that like, next level to have two good sports teams here in the city of Buffalo. All right. That wraps up my rant. I am sorry for uh, people who are sick of hearing about the Sabres because I am sick of talking about how bad they are, but these are points that just need to be hit. And as well said, thank you. I appreciate well it. Um, with, with that being said, we are going to move into right now the bills and free agency just open. And I thought the Bills have made some pretty pretty solid moves so far. So, Marty, I'm going to let you take the range on this one and get us started off. Uh, yeah, so today we got news that we just released John Brown. Um, we also got rid of Quinn Jefferson. Uh, we restructured uh, Mitch Morse's contract as well as Vernon Butler. So that's going to free up a lot of cap. We got about you know, like $20 million in open cap. Now, I think before all those moves, we only had $5 million. Um, I, I think there's still more work to be done. I think they're going to do something with Addison's contract. I think they're going to, um, I don't know, ask a lot a lot of those guys to just take pay cuts and see if they'll follow through with it. Because I think they're going to really try to rebuild that D-line through free agency or maybe even try to keep Milano if they can. Maybe they're keeping space for that. Uh, let's see what Dapper Dan thinks. Give him some action. Yeah, I think the John Brown thing, that was well needed. Um, I mean, he was great. When we had him on the field, you definitely knew he was there. But, like, in terms of money and where we need to spend it, I, I don't think that's that big of a hit as, you know, you might think. Like, I think that's the kind of a role that you can make up for. Like, you can pick up the slack from that. Uh, I'm excited because now I think – like Gabe Davis might get bumped up the charts a little bit, get him some more playing time. So I'm excited for that. But uh, I would like to see them, if they could pull off Milano, that would be insane. I don't expect that to happen at all, honestly, but that would be really nice. 
Yeah, um, actually, with that, with that Milano thing, because I'm going to jump on that real fast. Um, so the Buccaneers just re-signed um, Levante David on a two-year, $25 million deal. And no shade to Matt Milano at all, but I think David is a better linebacker than him. So that contract kind of excites me because now we can look at getting Milano right now, get him like a bridge deal, say – say like a two-year, $20 million deal, something around those. I don't want to pay him anything over 10 but if you can bring Milano back for that, that would be fantastic because now two years, if we go – so fast forward two years, the cap is going to be a lot higher than it is now just because of everything that happened this season with COVID. Um, it definitely hurt the cap, especially with the cap being lower than a lot of teams expect it's going to be after they announced it. Um, but that, that David contract really gives me hope that the Bills do have a better chance of bringing back Matthew Milano. And um, Matthew Milano, what the fuck? My time, Matt. God, I don't know. Why I said it's falling. Like, like we're best, <laughs> like we're best buds. I mean, Matt Milano, though. If you ever wanna, I'm always in Buffalo. Gonna go get a drink sometime. But uh, no, we could really, realistically, we could get him like two year, ten million. And I would love that contract. I would love to pay him that for the two years. But um, now also, now we could definitely. It's gonna be easy for us. This is gonna be pick up Josh Allen's fifth year option, um, next year. And uh, now we're going to get his contract, get his extension next season. Don't worry about this season. Worry about what we have to do this offseason. But so far, I think, like Dan said, getting rid of John Brown, um, a lot of people probably didn't. It's sad to see him go because he people in Buffalo loved him. But it's what was needed and most people kind of expected it in order for us to do what we needed to clear up some cap. Like Marty said, we started the season, I think it was actually just at $2 million. Um, and now we're already up to 20. So, I mean, it's looking yeah, at a lot 20. more money than we had in the beginning of the season. So we could have a lot of options to bring in some players. I'm still a bit of a brig and bringing in a tight end through free agency. I'd rather bring him in through free agency than draft. But um, I don't know. I'm happy with the start of it. Um, Marty, on to you. What else What else? Are your thoughts on this? I'm – I think there's, I mean, still more work to be done. I think everybody knows that, right? You're not just going to come into free agency with $20 million and, uh, you know, get a bunch of impact players. I think they're going to have to still restructure some more contracts and maybe, you know, one more surprise cut or two. But uh, the cool part about this free agency is you're going to see a lot of good players are just going to be cap casualties, uh, get cut from their teams. And, um you know, some might be veterans or, you know, older players in the league that just might want to compete and come to a contender. And Buffalo is one of those, you know, few destinations in the league where they can come and, you know, right away compete for a Super Bowl ring. So I'm excited to see what veterans get caught uh, and see which, I mean, if any of them have interest in coming to Buffalo. And, um, I mean, now we definitely have the cap to get them, $20 million. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to pull off Milano this offseason. I really don't. Uh, and I'd be honestly, I'd be content with getting you know one of the top guys in the draft because this is a good year to draft a linebacker. Uh, I know the draft's like a whole other episode, but uh, looking long term, I, I don't see it really being you know too plausible for us to keep Mitt Milano. I think we're going to go with a much cheaper option and spend our money elsewhere, probably revamping the D line. Yeah, the D line is definitely one of. Buffalo's biggest needs this offseason for sure after we saw how they were last season. Um, this defense probably would have been a lot better if we actually had a decent D-line. 
Um, like we said earlier in one of our podcast episodes, you can't you, your top lineman can't have five sacks on the season. You need a guy. You need at least one guy who's going to be in that seven to eight range. But um, no, yeah. If we didn't bring back Milano, though, um, I think definitely looking into the draft for linebacker. But then we could also look in restructuring AJ Klein's contract, uh, getting some space for him and keeping him on the team because he had a hell of a season, in my opinion. He looked great all season. Um, he definitely filled that role perfectly when needed. After it definitely took him a couple of games to get adjusted to it, but once he came in and was like saddled into it, he looked like it looked like we didn't miss a beat without Milano. Yeah, but Dan, yeah, Dan just jump in whenever you want. You don't gotta, yeah, you don't gotta wait for us to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'm letting you guys do your thing, but no, I agree with that. Uh, when I like first seen Klein, like the first couple games or whatever I was not a fan of the guy at all um but yeah when he came in from Milano he definitely impressed me I think he impressed a lot of us and he definitely filled the role like I I would I wish we could keep Milano because I, I really like the guy I think he's a really good player but at the same time like the Bills I mean they're pretty decent at finding linebackers like whenever we seem to lose one they seem to make it up somehow by finding another guy that can come in so like I'm not too worried but it it definitely does suck I would hate to see it happen I want to point out one thing with Klein though and uh, before I do that I just want to point out another thing Uh, Jake and I did call the John Brown cut I also did call for us to cut just about the entire D line and we're about halfway there. Uh, I think we could do a couple more, but one thing with Klein is uh, you kind of fell out of favor in the playoffs. You got like zero snaps one game and another game. He barely got like five or he got like 5% of the snaps. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, you kind of fell out of favor with the coaching staff. That's one thing I'd keep an eye on. Maybe. I mean, I, I like Klein too. I'm a big fan of AJ Klein, uh, especially as a, like a depth linebacker, but I'd like to see him take a pay cut as well. Otherwise, uh, he could be one of the surprise cut no, games. Um, I, uh, I just think it's because, going back to him not playing a lot in playoffs, I just think it's because we had a healthy Milano and they were kind of going with what they trusted, I guess, instead of just taking the shot with putting Klein out there. Um, clearly, we don't know if anything happened behind the scenes that we didn't see. But um, I'm just assuming it's just because they wanted to run with that Milano-Edmonds duo. Um, that typically would work for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did work clearly in the playoffs, except against Kansas City. Um, that was just, I think, a horrible game plan all around. But uh, I just think it was more. I just think it was more just because Milano was fully healthy than anything AJ Klein could have done. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, I definitely hope it's not a new trend. You know. I hope he didn't fall off favor with the coaching staff, and I hope, you know, it was just more so, you know, to fit whatever game plan they had, even though it really didn't work. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I hope he can, you know, stick around. And in all likelihood, Milano's probably gone, but uh, if Klein's here, I'd, I'd be comfortable with him feeling Now, uh, real quick, going into the hypotheticals with you two, how would you guys feel? Because clearly Ryan Fitzpatrick just was Miami said they're not bringing him back. 
How would you guys feel about not bringing back Matt Barkley and getting Ryan Fitzpatrick in here for like a season on a like a veterans minimum? I feel like we need a backup quarterback who can actually come in and win games when necessary. I unfortunately, like as much as I've talked about him, I love Matt Barkley just because he can help out Josh Allen so much. But now I look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's the guy that showed this season that he's the guy that can still come in and win games in the NFL. And he's been in the league long enough where he can definitely help Josh Allen in the quarterback room. How do you guys feel about something like that? And on top of that, the people of Buffalo already love Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it would be an easy adjustment for him because he said he loved Buffalo. Yeah, bring, may I? Yeah, bring I think bring that's him. a great idea. Yeah, I agree 100%. Bring Fitzmagic back. I don't know what better I, yeah. place for him to end his career than back at home. Well, I don't know, but you know it'd be I mean. awesome. But I think that would be sweet, honestly. Yeah. And it, that's a, either way. Aside from liking the guy because he played here and whatever, um, he's a night. That's a great backup. He could still teach Allen things and show. Yeah, like, clearly, that's so. just a hypothetical. We don't know that. what they're thinking of in the backup quarterback role. But I think that'd be cool to see because, right, like, right. like we, like I said, this magic loves the city of Buffalo. So why not bring him in here for one more season? And let him go out here even if he does see the field or not. I think he would love it. We would love it. That's that's the thing. Yeah, but that's the thing. He, I think after getting a, you know, a taste of, uh, you know, winning a little bit this year in Miami, I think he does want to see the field. I think that's the only thing that yeah. would, you know, I mean, obviously we're just, you know, right. this is all hypothetical, but uh, if, if we could get him on a veteran's minimum for as a backup, oh my god, bring, um, bring me Fitzpatrick. Yeah, but uh, I just don't know. I don't know how many teams would actually want to bring him in, just based on his age and that he's kind of always been that like a spot starter for the past how many ever years. Um, so I don't know how many teams would actually want to bring him in. I'm sure he probably knows it as well. If he still wants to play football, he knows he's going to, have to go somewhere and take up that back, take on that backup role, even though he didn't want to in Miami this season. But, I mean, who, who would have when he started the season how he did? It was just the worst time to bench Fitzpatrick this season start that Tua because it clearly just didn't work out for Miami. So I get what you're saying. With he got the taste of winning and probably wants some more. But I just think it's because he was playing good this year and he didn't want to get benched to a rookie who was really unproven in the NFL and it showed. Yeah, I feel like his past. Oh, sorry, Marty. No, go ahead. I was just screaming. No, I feel like his uh, like his past few seasons in the league, Fitzpatrick. Like he he seemed like he wasn't like. A, I mean, he typically he's the backup, but he wasn't like a true backup. Like he plays a decent amount of. He ends up playing a good amount of games. So it's like if he came in and played as a, a true backup, assuming whoever the starter stays healthy i think that's totally cool but if he if he's coming in and he ends up playing you know nine ten games i wouldn't even you know it's not really how i would see him as a backup if the bills well were to the, take he, him he somehow, was you know? playing most of the time because either other quarterbacks were hurt or they were playing bad so that's why he got to see so many games um but he knows if he comes here he knows who he's coming behind in josh allen and as long as Josh Allen doesn't have a drastic step back from year three, I clearly he knows he's not going to see the field. Like 
barring any injuries, Josh Allen's going to be this team starter the whole season, except maybe week 17 if we have a season like uh, a season like we did this past. Um, but clear week it'll be week 18 this year actually because there are 17 games. But um, I don't know. That's definitely something we need to look at that most people probably wouldn't think about is because Matt Barkley is out of contract. So we need a backup quarterback, and I don't think Fromm is that guy yet just because we still need a guy. Josh is still young where he still needs help in that quarterback room. Hey, since oh, we're course, playing, I mean, you know, the hypothetical game, a uh, guy who just got cut today, a guy who just got cut today, Emmanuel Sanders, what would you feel about him? Uh, I would love that he could definitely be a great number two behind Diggs. Um, he's a fast guy. So we can kind of play that John Brown role. Clearly, Beasley's our slot receiver, and Sanders is a Sanders is more of a speedster anyway. So why not? If you can get him for cheap, I would rather. I would ra- if if he's expensive, I would say no. But if he's cheap, why not? I mean, Gabe Davis was fine in the role he was in. He's still going to be year two this season, so he wouldn't mind growing one more year and then showing what he can do. But um, even still, the Bills run four wide so much that. It could work if if the money's right for me. If the money's right, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm like on the fence with that. Like, if they could pull it off, and, and like Jake said, if the money's right, then go ahead. Like, sure. I mean, but I'm not gonna lose sleep over it, and I like would hope they wouldn't. That's their first priority, but. If they can pull it off, then I mean, go ahead. I'm just like, because I'm asking this um, based on the fact last year before we pulled off the Diggs trade, uh, there was a contract in place for Emmanuel Sanders to come to Buffalo. And he was going to be, you know, our big get wide receiver for the offseason. But then we pulled the trigger. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And uh, I don't remember that. So, well, it didn't end up going through because we got Stephon Diggs and we didn't really you know, have a need for him anymore. But now that smoke's gone and uh, Sanders, you know, he's kind of collected all the money he really can throughout his career. And I think it's time for him to go ring chase. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting uh, potential signee. Buffalo uh, is one of the greatest cities now to come in a ring chase if you want to, if there are any uh, veteran players who still have some some, some games left at them. I mean, Buffalo's one of those places now. Um, unfortunately, though, Money's just not there where we can't be bringing in these veterans. We need something that – I mean, unless like, like I said, unless he can still play. Like, clearly we didn't get J.J. Watt, but he's one of those veteran guys who you could come in and he would make that difference for your team right away. But that's the main thing you're looking at now when you're bringing in these players is we know where, where we're at. We just need one or two more steps and we're at the Super Bowl. So you need to be smart with the money, especially since we don't have a lot. Like, you just need to be smart with the money we have. Yeah, uh, he's strictly a guy you'd bring in, you know, on the cheap, close to veteran minimum. At this point in his career, you know, he's getting up there in age. Uh, I mean, you were talking about, you know, it's going to be tough for Buffalo to get veterans. Like, we were talking about signing J.J. Watt. There's no way we could have, you know, matched what the Cardinals or even the Colts and Browns were offering uh, for him, you know. So, it's it's tough. You're just going to have to find, you know, scrappy veterans that are, you know, down yeah. there. Come here um, so in. what do you think? So the Titans came out and said they're not going to be franchise tagging John O. Smith, um, and I doubt he's going to get another contract there. So that 
that to me still is my number for personally, that is my number one goal for the bills this off season is to bring in John Smith. Um, I've talked about him before. Marty, you know how much I love him. Dan, I don't know how you feel about him, but I think he is that perfect fit for what Josh Allen needs at the tight end role. Cause he's not a guy that's going to come in here and want all the main targets. Um, he's never been the number one target in Tennessee and he doesn't mind playing that role. So I feel like that's perfect for what Josh Allen is because he's a guy just like Dawson Knox, but he can actually catch the ball. Um, unfortunately, I love Dawson Knox, but that's his biggest issue is he simply can't catch the ball. I agree with what you're saying there. I like Johnny Smith uh, this season. Like, I wasn't really familiar with him up until a couple games in, and then I started paying attention to him. And I'm like, wow, this guy's actually pretty good. So I think that'd be pretty cool if the Bills could get him. And I agree. Uh, he definitely, he's not the kind of guy that's, you know, looking for targets and whatnot. So, and I, I do like Dawson Knox as well. It's just that is an awful spotty position that yeah. we got to clean now, up. Another hypothetical. So I, I switch back to that. defense here real fast. We're talking about our D-line. How would you guys feel about a one-year deal, like say one year, like twelve million for Jadavian Clowney? I'd stay as far away from Clowney as I possibly could. I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's uh, one of the most underwhelming players in the entire NFL since he's came into the league. You know the amount of hype that guy had um, playing with guys like JJ Watt on the D line. He still couldn't amass over nine sacks in a year. Uh, he's never been, you know, a dominant edge rusher, you know, that we all hoped for when he got drafted. Uh, I wouldn't touch him. I think he asked for too much money yeah. and he's consistently I mean, he had, hurt. And he has had two seasons over in nine sacks, but I get what you're saying. It was just a hypothetical for me if we're looking to get an edge rusher, but Dan, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree with Marty. Uh, that does not really interest me. I just think he's past his prime. I, I don't see him coming in, especially on like a one year. I don't right, see well, him being very impactful for that time. That just kind of seems like a waste. I'll sum Clowney up. I'll sum. He's he's a yeah, guy in his career. He's just a name. You know, he's you hear the name Jadavian Clowney, and guys get to that point where they've got that name recognition, but they just don't have the play to back it up. But uh, well, let's, let's keep playing the hypothetical. I got a couple more uh, as well. Touch him. Yeah, we got a couple of good ones. Yeah, here. I like this. Since I we're like talking this. about uh, a Titans defender, uh, Malcolm Butler was just released. Now, if you could get him on a cheap, you know, veterans minimum, he's you know coming towards the end of his career. Obviously, the hero of Super Bowl, whatever. But uh, how would you guys feel about bringing him into the secondary and a cheap contract? You know, be. I'm sorry, uh, who'd you say? I missed what you said. Trey White. Oh, Malcolm Butler. Uh, Malcolm Butler. Uh, just released. I'm on the fence because I would rather I'm I would rather have Richard Sherman if that's the way we were going. So I don't I I mm-hmm. see I didn't mention Wait, him. We can we can we touch on it again. Because we got Dan, you know, we can see Dan's input, yeah. but no, I'd rather see I'd but, rather yeah. see us bring in Sherman. Um but that's just me.
Dan, where do you stand on like the veteran cornerback opposite Trey White, or would you like to see like a younger guy? I I don't have any problems with the veteran because a lot of times they they're they're a big help to the whole room. I'm sorry if you guys hear my dog barking, but uh, they're a big help to the whole room. So it's got the same thing though. For we've been saying this all night, but if the price is right and they can make it happen. I don't see any harm in doing that. I think veterans, at least in the DB room, yeah, I, agree, I think a veteran yeah, could definitely help out. I think Malcolm Butler is a very average corner, kind of what the Bills have now in their two and three slots. So I'd rather see money go somewhere else Um, if you're going to bring in a guy that can do what the guys that we have now can do, if that makes sense. That's what I – like, I'd rather – keep money yeah, here no, and spend it on other positions rather than on another corner. But um another 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 hypothetical for you guys. What about uh going back to the D line because this is like we said this is the biggest thing the Bills need to focus on. What about uh Carl Lawson from the Bengals? On like me too like what if we got like okay, I'll, for like, yeah, I'm a huge like fan of a four him. for huge forty fan of Carl Lawson. That would be yeah, he's a free agent. Like, he's 40, a free agent. 40, I think that'd be great. I mean, well, yeah, I get no, he only finished with 5.5 sacks this season, but he was probably playing on the worst defense in the league. He was playing on that, he was playing on that Cincinnati's defense. Yeah. and uh, no, he, He's a great player. Especially if you're not getting pressure any, from anywhere on that line, like those quarterbacks can just get that ball right off like, with how bad that defense was. So it's hard to get sacks on a defense like that. But I love him as a player. Um I think he would be a big help to this line right away. Uh, clearly, Marty, you you're a big fan of that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I watched I watched the Pittsburgh um, Cincinnati Monday Night game, the one where uh, uh, Cincinnati handed uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh their third straight L after the Bills. But uh, he single handedly took mm-hmm. over that game, uh, like completely dominated the line. Uh, I mean, he was a big reason why the Bengals won that game. He he was living in the backfield. That guy's a monster. He's just – I mean, you know, stats don't really tell all when you play, like, on a really shitty defense like that. Uh, he's probably one of the few bright spots on that defense. So, I'd, I'd love to bring right. Carl Lawson, but I'm sure there's a lot of other teams I'd love to bring him in. But if the Bills could pull that off, I mean, I would take oh, I would Carl well. Lawson signing over. Dan, Martin. how do you feel about Carl Lawson? Or are you thinking of something else? Is he? Is he? Uh, like what? What's yeah, that? I'm not rusher. too familiar with him, but what yeah. style is he? Is he like uh, edge rusher yeah. kind of guy, or is he yeah. like like speed rusher? Well, we definitely need that. <laughs> and you guys both sound like you're uh, <laughs> like you want uh, you like this guy. So I I really don't know. Much about yeah, him, yeah. Well, that's the problem because he's but if you if you think he fits, if you think he fits. Or even the same thing with the edge rushers, Marty and Dan. Then, what about uh, Orkara from the Lions? He's yeah, okay. He had a breakup season. I've heard. Let me look up. I think I'm pretty sure he finished with ten sacks this season. Let me look up his stats. Yeah, no, he finished with close to double digits, if not double digits. I no, I'm. Listen, any guy that uh, yeah, that he had ten sacks and sixty-one pressures this season. So, 
you can get him. You can get him. You can get him for cheap too. I yeah, feel another garbage defense. So I mean, yeah, that's that'd be an under the radar signing. But like I said, there's gonna be good guys on the market that, are, but it's just you yeah. know, I'm sure there's other teams that are looking at this too, and they're like, you know, we can definitely make a run at these guys. It might come down. Uh, I mean, since we're on the you know hypothetical. Uh, run right now if i name a couple of guys you want to play like a little game yeah i'm down would you trade I, i'm down i like it all right marty t- t- we'll do take the range. here we go all right so the, the uh let's start with demarcus lawrence out of dallas you know there's he's got a big cap hit and you hear how he is kind of underwhelming um you know, for the amount of money he's getting paid, but would you trade for him or not trade mid for him? Round, yeah. Let's just say mid, mid round, round yeah. draft pick. I I think he can still make a difference, to be honest. I just think he his time is probably I just think he need, he needs to change the scenery in my opinion, because I think he is a great player. I just think he needs to change the scenery. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> I think he would do more than a mid-round pick would do. So, I would take him. All right. Yeah, the only drawback, you know, with him, obviously, is the cap hit. And hand, hand, hand. The big cap hit. Before we move uh, on to the next pick. looking more, more likely. What if we traded, like, uh, like, a, say, like, fuck, I don't know, because I wouldn't like this, actually. So, But, like, say, what about, like, a second – a second and like two mid rounds, then Dallas eats some of the salary for us. I'd have to he's, yeah, he's twenty eight um, years old, um, turning twenty nine this year. So I mean, he's about to. I mean, he's yeah, but it depends if the Bills are in a he's like a in the win middle now mode, or if they're kind of still in it. We have years to grow still. Because I mean, clearly with Josh Allen, it looks like we still have years years to grow. But if they want one soon, I think he would be a guy that could definitely get us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he he. Um, I think he's just not really reaching his full potential in Dallas. I, that's why I mentioned him as kind of like a trade target. I yeah. think. He's kind of like a dark And as we love to see him, too, Bean loves to move his picks on draft day. Bean rarely ever sits where we're at in most cases. I mean, we traded, we, we traded, we traded oh, no. down for yeah, yeah. He moves all over Davis White. Sometimes we don't even um, have to. We clearly uh, threw away our number one last year, bringing Stefan Diggs. He's constantly moving those mid-round picks around, so I feel like it, it depends what Dallas is looking for him because – I think he's still a solid player. So I think they'd probably be looking for a lot, but uh, I would take him definitely. But just his, that contract for me is the, that thing, because I don't want the bills to take on any more than they need to, because they're already kind of in a cap hell situation as it is right now. So if we're talking about bad contracts and we're still staying on the topic of D line and trade, um, it's looking more and more likely that Von Miller isn't going to get cut from everything. Yeah, I, uh, I apologize for saying that. First podcast, I, I was under the impression uh, that he was on his way out of Denver, but uh, I apologize. Well, everybody was. Uh, everybody was kind of given that impression, so you know, there's no shame in that. But would you or would you not 
he's definitely going to be worth probably a late round pick, probably a fifth or sixth, you know, based on his age, injury history, you know, cap hit. But yes. would you send it for yes. Von Miller? Take that risk. A healthy Von Miller is still one of the most elite linebackers in the NFL. Dapper. Dapper, let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I agree. I agree with you. You're, you're going to send it? I, you can't. Well, so I, I think it's like yeah, a 20, I'm gonna send I it. I'm gonna send a $20 it. million dollar cap hit. You know, it's pretty steep for a guy his age with the, you know, kind of extensive injury history. He's got to stay healthy. That's his though. problem. That's the, thing. Like, that's the whole thing right there. That's his problem, staying healthy. But when he's on the field, no, I agree with you guys. He's one of the top guys in the entire league, obviously elite. And I don't know. I think he's only got like one year left on the deal. So uh, I would definitely send it, you know, go all in. That's it. Instant impact player in your D line. And I mean, that the secondary gets so much help from that. The linebackers, uh, Ed Oliver and the guys on the interior. Uh, all right. Next player. No, I definitely mind. send it. Um, so. Let's think around the league of older veterans or, you know. Realistically, like, I, 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 I am – this is clearly way out of the realm of the Buffalo Bills to get. <clears throat> but what are what, – what do you think would need to be given up to get – like, clearly this is never going to happen. I just want to kind of play – see what would, it would take to bring in a guy like Joey or Nick Bosa or uh, a TJ Watt. What what do you think we have to give up for a guy like that? Okay, so believe it or not, but I think Joey's got the mm-hmm. you know, highest likelihood of being traded out of all those guys, uh, due to his like injury history and uh, I mean he that guy's yeah yeah when he's on the field he's a monster. It seems like he's almost always hurt. So I I think you forget about why okay and Nick. And just focus on. You're probably still looking at a first rounder, yeah. You're probably still looking at at least a first rounder and probably another player. First round pick. Yeah, yeah. What about what about bringing back? I I know we just let him go last year, but what about bringing back a guy like Jordan Phillips? Easily, easily. I loved him as well. Thrived here in Buffalo. I dude, I loved him. No, no. I was sad. I was sad to see him go, and he made an impact. He didn't really do much with Arizona, but I think it's just a matter of like what scheme you're in, and you know the players that you're around. The call. I think in Buffalo, you know, like that was mm-hmm. you know his place to be. I think we were the perfect place. Nine point five when he was close. Uh, yeah, everything career, other than obviously. that, his highest like was a, two. That's coming, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a common theme when guys get like I, contract. Years, I, I hate that. I hate that like bullshit that, player, that people like to say players play hard on a contract good. year. Fuck that. Players play hard all the time. They are – I'm not coming at you for you saying that, but I'm just, I just hate when people say it because players play hard all the time. They're getting paid to no, play. No. I don't really think, like, they just step up their game because it's a contract year. I just think that it happens they have a good season that year. I think I think they just have more more to prove. I don't think they really, you know, oh, 
I think it's definitely in their head. Well, it's a contract year, you know. Let me, they, they, you know, do my thing. I think it's definitely in their head, but I don't think it's, you know, right. the, I don't think they necessarily try right. hard they, uh, or anything, you know. They I mean? try I to they uh, play, they pay off the other players and their team that they're playing to make it look good for those games. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, he, he was definitely a perfect fit in Buffalo. And just because I heard them talk about this yeah, on Fifty Five the other day about this, so kind of intrigued because we could bring him back. How about this? This is another veteran that got caught maybe like a week ago. I wouldn't. No, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't like it. Bring him in. I. I all right. So, kind of themes. Prices. Not a huge fan of that. I don't know. I when I seen that the other day, I didn't really know what to think. Like at first, I was like, "Oh shit!" And then I was kind of like, "Um." Eh. So I'm not I'll sure. Why. I don't think I don't think <laughs> he's um, fit too well in the locker room. Oh no, yeah, he, he, <laughs> players leave that behind I them. Though, but I, I just I don't, don't see him fitting too well. Fitting into this scheme. No, I I know you, but I just don't see him fitting into this scheme too well. Yeah, I, know, I don't know. I so I wouldn't. Uh, do you? What do you say, Marty? You guys fucking don't have to agree with me. Say say it as you want. No, no, I, I actually completely agree. I'd stay away from Kyle Van Noy. I just don't say. I, you know what? I, I just have a feeling he's probably going to resign with the Patriots. How long that's was, what normally happens to. How long was players. he in New England? Three years. They leave and then resign. No, because uh, he was three or four. He was a rookie in Detroit. Contract, so four years, five years. I forgot yeah. about that. Calvin Noy, sure, yeah, he was a rookie. In, he was a rookie in Detroit, and oh, then I'm pretty sure oh. he went and signed to the Patriots. I don't know. He's de- he's definitely. I mean, hang on. I'm gonna look it up. Let me look this up so we can kind of know what we're talking about. Years at least. All right, let's see. Kyle, Kyle Van. Oh, I got it. All right, hang on. So yeah, so he was drafted in right, 2014 so while we're, while we're to Detroit. About... 2014, 2015 was with Detroit. 2016 was with Detroit and then was traded to New England, it looks like. That he played with New England from 2016 to 2019. Yeah. And he's going to be 30 so this what, year. He was only on the Dolphins for one yeah, year. Yeah, they just signed him to a big deal. I love how we talk about 30 is like old, but like it's just old for football players. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's, it's old. Like like football AARP soon. Real old. So I got a couple more like interesting games. <laughs> well, all right, Marty, let's let's hear a couple, couple more. And I'll stay away from that. I'm mad and. All right. Uh, so obviously, the man who's known around Buffalo for the name uh, and famous Josh Allen Hurdle. Anthony Barr, say he's available on the trade block. Obviously a great player. Ben, you start first with this one. What do you give up? Would you trade for him? He is going to be 29 this year. He's going to be 29 this year. He actually, actually, yeah, he's going to be 30. Yeah, he's going to be 30 this year. Or 29 this year, excuse me. I don't know. Look at linebacker, I mean – this past season yeah. wasn't late round draft pick. Didn't if he get hurt? Give... I'm pre- yeah, he only played. He only played like two or three games this year. Yeah, I don't know. But um, 
I don't I don't know actually. I'm on the fence about this one. Cause I I think definitely definitely since he was hurt, mm, it definitely is I looking likely that we could get six. him on that Lolo. But uh I, I, I would then. If you can get him for like a very low draft pick, then yeah. Because he's a guy that Yeah, keep it, but keep in mind, keep in mind, his cap hit is. What's his high. contract? Keep that in mind. I I don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd pull the trigger. I I just remember the Jets were going to give him a huge bag of money. Oh yeah, his, I yeah, remember his he cap hit this year. Backed out their deal like last second for twenty twenty one fifteen million. I wouldn't. Knowing that, I'm good. I wouldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, no, I'm no, I'm, I'm good. There. I'm gonna pass who on that. Possibly... So who else could be right, possibly so moved? I got actually, Dan. I want to get your take on what this before while we're on talking trades. Um, we talked about this, I think, episode two of the podcast. Um, how would you go one for one with Josh Allen for um, Deshaun Watson? Oh geez, that's a big question. Ah, dude, I don't know because say hypothetically, say Allen keeps trending in the way that he has been, and he's only getting better. I don't see, um, you know, like a huge change well, by doing that. Now, I mean, we obviously don't know how he's going to play. And Watson's phenomenal, but I think if Allen, I know, but I, I if if Allen say he can keep this up, it's I would keep Allen honestly. But yeah, that's the thing is you know Watson is great, really hard and Watson's Allen great. clearly he had a fucking phenomenal season, MVP caliber season. But you just hope like now, like as Bills fans, I'm sure like a lot of people don't want to think about this, but you just have to pray to God that he just didn't have, like, a Carson Wentz-type season, then when I got a big contract, then absolutely he's fucking garbage. Like, I'm scared. I, I doubt that's going to happen just because looking back at his progression throughout his career so far, it's just bent on that upslope. So I don't think he's going to regress, but uh, that's the one, one thing that still scares me going into this upcoming season is that. Like, I love Josh Allen, which is that that has a chance of happening. I, uh, not just, well, let me- people are going to hate me for saying that, but it's true. That could happen to any player at any time. Yeah. Can I get my thoughts on this? I'm pulling the trigger. I'm taking Watson. Because you don't need to, you know, there is no worrying if, you know, with Watson. You don't need to worry if it's a Carson Wentz type season. You know what you're getting. And, you know, Watson at his best is better than Allen at his best. Um, I see where Dan's coming from saying, you know, Allen obviously could progress and get even better from where he is now, which would be absolutely insane. But if we're looking at just player for player, uh, you're not going to find many people around the league outside of, you know, Buffalo fans are going to say, yeah, I'd rather have Allen than Watson. I'd say good – 95% 95% yeah, of people I, I am so on the fence because of my love for Josh Allen. But that's just one of those trades where it's 
Watson is just so good, and he's been an elite talent his whole career. Yeah, it's just there is no, you know, well, if with Watson, like, you know what you're getting. You're in, you're out. And, uh, I mean, since the guy's rookie mm-hmm. year, he's been elite. You know, obviously, Josh, we had to wait, you know, those two years where he's, you know, not god-awful, but he definitely, you know, wasn't the player he was this year. With Watson, you're getting an elite talent year in, year out. And, uh <laughs> I mean, I love Josh Allen. This is obviously just for the fun of talking about it. There's no chance this ever happens. But if I'm Brandon Bean and that, you know, offers on the table, Josh Allen for Deshaun Watson, I'm accepting that immediately. What pick are we going to get from it? And Texas is stupid, so you might be able to get a pick (laughs) out of it too. That that franchise is just a dumpster fire (laughs) all together. Like, that is – I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I get he signed the contract, so people are saying, oh, he should stay and play there like he signed it, whatever. I don't know. I, I think he has the right to ask out of if you're not happy in your workplace, people are going to quit. It's the same thing. It's still a business. It's still a business. It's still a business. I mean, right, and lie to him. I think if any normal human being who has – Regular day jobs like we all do. If your employer lies to you, you're gonna want out of there. Like, and people are like, people are like, oh no, he's your man up and no, fuck you. If your employer lied to you, you'd fucking leave too. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, like they. Yeah, I think dude, we should all go set up a heist and try to get Watson out of there. Yeah, I hope he gets out of there. Yeah, free Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Right, yeah, fuck no. I I don't want to see. Just, I don't want to see this dude anywhere in the AFC. There's already two good quarterbacks in the AFC. I don't need him <laughs> fucking scaring me every year. Right, let's send him. Get him out of there. Let's go send him to like Tampa or Green Bay. Yeah, or get him out of there. But let him let him have a good team. Let him have a good team. Just not in the AFC. So, somewhere far from here. Oh fuck! Who else, all right, who else is on the move? Now we're talking about this. I like this. <laughs> well, we got guys like that, like come to the top of my head, like Ryan Kerrigan from Washington. You know, he's obviously up there in age, but I'm mean, if you look at his stats, he's one of the you know top stat guys, like year in year out, and he's kind of underrated. You don't really hear about it, but you know he consistently puts up you know eight to twelve sacks like every year. He might be coming up a down year. But uh, I know he's one of the top no. guys. No, I'm just gonna say no. No, I wasn't looking at stats. I was looking up uh, Taylor Henneke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying Josh Allen for Taylor Henneke. One for one, I'm taking it. With that incredible diving touchdown. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying no to that, Marty. One hundred percent. So. Dan, what Dan, where do you stand on the Kerrigan? What uh wait, what like what would we did you say well, like what we'd give theoretically up? Theoretically for all these guys you just, like a, a mid to late round pick. Him it's he might even be a free agent, but uh let's just say trade wise, say like a seventh round pick. 
Keep in mind, keep in mind, he's got a block. Somewhat sizable cap it. Mm. I mean, if you're getting him for that cheap, that would you could possibly entertain that. But any of these guys with the cap hits, right? If we had like a cap hit, like the Jacksonville right Jaguars, yeah, I'm going every no, single I'm player possible. I'll get every single exactly. superstar to bring this team to bring this Buffalo team to a championship. But unfortunately, we do not have that kind of cap. Yeah, and, like, we're letting guys go because of the cap. So then just to bring in people that are still going to screw it up and they're old and, like, it's, that would be stupid. Okay, so we're talking about all these old aging veterans. So let's talk about kind of like a younger defensive line talent. I've got yes. one in mind, Grady Jarrett from Atlanta. Um, obviously one of the top D tackles in the league, but it's a whole new coaching regime there. Um you know, you never know what, you know, the coaches have planned if they want more picks and more draft capital, uh, free up some cap space. But obviously he's one of the, you know, elite guys on the interior in the league that we have uh to offer. So for I'm thinking he'd probably go for a second round pick. But I I don't know about our first, but definitely our second. Even if it's our first. I think for me personally our first Needs to go to a linebacker or a cornerback. Like that's just simply what we need as well, um, because you can get the mm-hmm. linemen like second, third round, fourth round. Mm-hmm. No, that's not. Well, yeah, but you got to right. keep in mind. This I don't know. Like, I you know, cream of the for a like, second, he's, like he's our second and guys. third. I say yeah for our first. No. Dapper Dan. What do you say, Dapper Dan? Ryder, would you take him? Would you take him for our first? Uh, second. Yeah. Okay. So, let me clarify. I'd consider. Yeah, I would strongly consider it because considering that our D line is so garbage and how well, uh, giving up our first for an established veteran worked for us last year. I would, I I'd lean more probably sixty percent yes, forty percent no. But I mean, it just worked so well for us last year, and you know what you're getting. You know, what I mean, it's not like that. You with our first round pick, you know, you know, it sounds good. We might get one of the top prospects, but he could come to the league and completely suck. So it's just, are you willing to take that yeah, risk? You, believe, well. you know, Bean and McDermott can draft well, but you know they have a history of, uh, yeah, they do. But uh, so I'm. They also have a history of, you know, kind of missing on some of those early picks. Look at, you know, our first two picks last year didn't yeah. really pan out. So it's just, would you rather get the sure thing or would you, you know, run the rest uh, of the game? McDermott have also hit on three tied draft picks. Uh, so they hit him with the hit with Allen, the hit with Edmonds, and the hit with Trey White. No, I, I'm not. Edmonds is our guy. I'm I'm still um, on the fence with that. Like I said, this season, I it's he was playing hurt, which doesn't help. And that D line, like that we have this season, just didn't help out Edmonds' style of play at all. All right, so let me ask you this: 
would you pick up his fifth year option? I think it's worth around Levante David money. I think it's like I don't think I don't think it's that I don't think it's that, that high, but yeah, we like yeah, we're twelve million range. Year. I I believe. Don't quote me. I, I, I don't wrong, think it's that high, but yeah, we're picking up his fifth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I think I think so you, you would you would yeah I think pick you're it pulling up, up random numbers. Yeah, I don't you two keep talking. I'll look that up for us. Pulling up random numbers, so don't quote me on that, but. Dan, would you pick up Edmonds fifth year? I, uh, yeah, yeah, I liked him. Uh, yeah, when he's not getting any help up front, like, especially when he's hurt, like, it's, it makes it really look like, you know, what is this guy doing? But I know oh, he's shit. very talented. Marty, you're right. And if we have the right setup around him, yeah, he could be a great. If we pick up his fifth, year, if we pick up his fifth year, which will be next year, he's got the size. Right. He's massive. Um, th- yeah, thankfully it's next right, year, well, but we'll have a t- cap hit of twelve seven. Well, yeah, we don't, we don't, have to, we don't have to, we don't have to touch it till next right, year. So but yeah, because by next year the cap, the salary cap will be going, up higher, going, no. and you're going to be paying the guy around that much anyways to keep him around. Yeah, but my thing is like you got. Like, I, know, I think I think Tremaine Edmonds could be uh, better than him. About Levante David, you know, getting twelve point five. Well, that's why, that's why he has this season still to work with, and then if he shows if he He's shows it, show yes. It if he doesn't show it, then clearly not. You know and I mean? Give him a smaller contract. Yeah. And and you forget he's still so young. He's only going to be twenty three this year. All right. So if he has, if he plays next year. No, I would I would resign him, but not for that much. Next year, like he did this year, would you give it to him? Dan? All right. Yeah, I okay, <laughs> I agree with you on that. Dan? Oh yeah. So, I thought you were put him in time out. Awesome. <laughs> if he played the way that he did this year, then we definitely need to have a talk. <laughs> but Assuming, all right, all right. assuming that doesn't happen again, I think it's worth the money. Okay, I yeah, I just don't know if you're going to be able to uh, afford, you know, him and Milano. You're paying like, you know, the two of them combined. If they both get, you know, those desired numbers, uh, going to be paying a pretty penny for like you said, we two don't linebackers that are we don't know if we're getting back Milano necessarily elite either of them. You know, it's not like. The elite linebacker if, if we don't resign Milano, I feel like we have. That, you know, if we don't, like, clearly, if we don't bring back Milano, we need to keep all. Edmonds around. Today's a big hypothetical. <laughs> Unless we get an absolute stud this year in the first round at linebacker. Oh, yeah. We lost both of them. There is a lot of studs in this year's linebacking class. That's what I'm hearing. This mm-hmm. is a great year. Do I? Quick question yep. for you guys. This is a great year for linebackers. I got a quick question for you guys. Real quick. Yeah, you have um, to. So, would you I mean, unless most you, unless likely you say we're going defense with our first tackle? Pick? Yeah, I don't, I don't see unless you want an offensive tackle. Or like a – maybe like a line. If you know what, don't, or something like that. Martell, what, what if we don't re-sign – If we don't, then it's probably going to be an offensive guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's right yeah, now. If we, can, turns, if we bring back right now, that whole offensive line, guys, then there's no shot that there's any an offensive player defense. we're taking the first round. Yeah, unless unless somebody like completely elite just like somehow falls down the board, uh, like C.D. Lamb yeah, did last year. Was, you know, instead of going defense, they just took him because. Sometimes think, there's that can't miss prospect that just somehow falls to you, and you got to take them. I'm hearing a lot of talk about us getting a running back. How would you guys feel about that? That maybe not necessarily. Well, yeah, let's say, yeah, dude, I've been waiting. Let's, I've been uh, waiting. Just say like, like Najee Harris or uh, only only running back I want in the first or, round is Etn, uh, Travis Etn, any of those top running backs. The, come to us. the only one I want, the only one I want in the first round is Etienne. Um, the only one Najee Harris to me, he is a solid running back, back, dude. But he's not that guy that can beat you both sides. He he's not a guy who's going to be able to go out there and make catches every time. Whereas, whereas Etienne is. No, I don't. I. It was one game though. He had an average well, season catching the ball and then stacked Alabama did offense. That, did you watch a championship game? Well, it's hard. It's hard for him to really get going as a pass catcher. When you got you know only player one is Etienne in the first round. Other than that, I mean, all the weapons they have you're in your out. I, to me, you also have I think Harris. I think Najee Harris could fall to the middle of the second round. To be honest, yeah, I, the only one I want. No, I could see that happening. I mean, running backs, you know, they're a dime a dozen, you know, yeah. but. Sometimes those elite guys, those elite guys, you know, some, a team will fall in love and they'll take them in the first. But we got we got to hear David Dan's opinion on this, dude. I like Harris, and going from what the Bills have now, like in terms of size, like I would, I dude, I want a running back that's gonna lower his shoulder and get moving. This guy is he's six two. Our tallest guy is what five seven right now, five nine. Not including Yeldon, um, but I would love to see them take the chance, get a bigger running back, because the Bills don't really run like large running backs typically. So I think that would actually help get the run game going, which all around would make the. I offense think he's built for like. I mean, dude, imagine like the middle of December. And we're Josh can't throw. The winds are just you know gusting, and it's snowy. And then you just hand it off to that monster. He's like kind of similar build to Derrick Henry. You know, it's hard to you know find a guy that's you know comparable to his you know, like size and weight. But I mean, they really are sim- similar, and uh, he can crank too, man. And he can catch out the backfield. I I mean. He's one of those guys where teams gonna fall in love with him and just they're gonna pick him, yeah, maybe before Buffalo. But if he drops I mean, to us, I don't know because I, I mean, I, I definitely, I like wouldn't be opposed. Staying to on the running backs, I think if we could get one third or fourth round, and I would love to get uh, Trey Sermon. The guy is six feet, uh, two hundred twenty-one pounds. The dude's a beast. I mean, he ran about he ran about a four five forty.
so I love I love Trey Sermon, but my thing with waiting until the third or fourth round is they've done that for two years in a row now, and they've shown that they really can't what evaluate mid-round uh, mid running backs. Uh, they, they've just done a poor job of drafting them. Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma? I just don't want to see another. He's an actual that? beast. He's like. That guy, that I feel like, would run through anything. Built like a tank. <laughs> no, yeah, no. He's like a brick wall. See, the guy's – he is built like a beast. Like, 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 like he's projected to go third or fourth. And, like, I feel like that's round? definitely a better pick we need than somebody like Terry or Moss was. I, I, but I just yeah, see I him can see that. in the NFL being more so of a utility, like fullback like type you, of guy. Or I like don't a, know, but like you said, though, we only need piece. a guy. I don't, like, him, I don't see him being like a fullback. I, I would love a run, like for him, like, like a running back who can come out of the backfield and catch the ball. But like you said, in windy games when Josh can't throw the ball, like that would be the perfect guy for that position. That's, yeah, we don't have a bruiser like that, man. I mean, Zach Moss doesn't fit the mold. I don't care what anybody says it. I'm I'm not a fan of Zach Moss. The guy's slower than molasses. Him and Singletary, at least Singletary shifty, but Moss doesn't. To me, he doesn't bring anything to the table. When we drafted him, I was extremely unhappy. I, the guy you could see in college, he didn't have that breakaway speed you need in the NFL, and it showed. Uh, the, the guy couldn't. Really, I mean, there'd be lanes there, and he couldn't really hit them to what he's just too slow for the league. It's not too often that you get guys yeah. like that. You know, they've got all the intangibles and everything, but he's just too slow for the NFL. He doesn't have NFL speed. And uh, Singletary, I think he can get away with it because he's so shifty, and, uh, you know, he can make things happen, you know, to create space for himself um, when, you know, it makes up for not having that elite speed. But that, that's my thing. When coming to the year, I knew our running backs, you know, weren't that great. We don't, we didn't have any speed, really. I mean, I, I've already talked about this, you know, on prior shows, but they're two of the top 10 slowest rostered running yeah. backs in the entire NFL per 40 time. That's awful. You need some speed in that backfield. Yeah, that's bad. And that's, I mean, your favorite guy is. Uh, ETN, that guy can crank. I've heard, you know, some numbers for his forty yeah. ten. We'll see. Right, but, um, he runs so with that, I think we're going to wrap up the Bills offseason. I, I, I want to move on to our next three. segment that I have planned for us. If you guys are all right with that, all right, perfect. So for everyone listening, this next segment is I'm going to call it. Uh, yeah, sure. Guess that, Bill. Yeah, let's go. Um, so uh, what I'm going to do to you guys, I'm going to give you guys three clues. Um, after each clue, you guys are both going to work together and try to figure out who the player is. But um, week one for this is going to be super easy. Um, you guys probably know it could be any bill in any period of time history. But uh, so I'm just going to give you guys three clues. They're going to be each clue is going to be pretty long, so you guys can kind of guess. Like we'll have to be able to put a good guess into it. But uh, so let's get started. So you guys ready? Okay. So you guys ready? Let's do it. So this it. player. So this player uh, played his college do down, down south in the Dixieland. Um, <laughs> just during his college career, he caught 117 passes for just over 2,000 yards. Um, he averaged about 17 yards per catch. 
in his final season in college, he had 39 catches for 845 yards and 17 or second to last, excuse me. He had 845 yards and seven TDs. And in 95, which was his last season, he had 62 catches for 779 yards and six TDs. This player also led the NCAA in uh, kickoff returns, averaging 32.8 yards per return. Nineteen ninety-five was his final year in college. What was his final year in college? Like, what was the year? What was that? Oh, that's when he played last in college. Is, yeah, so, so the Dang first, the first, for the first half, I'm going to go through his college. Played in career. college. So you guys, so maybe kind of tough. So you guys don't get on the first try. But um, but yeah. Okay. Those are all the hints for a clue one. Are those so all the hints I, for I that guy? Guys a, uh, Pretty, again, you guys are good enough. Okay. What, what position um, he played and what year? It's obviously, <laughs> it's obviously an offensive tackle. So that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a 2002 baby. 2002. Man, so, uh, Marty, you you, 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 you weren't born. Oh my god, you weren't born uh, back then. But yeah, I was back. You're a little bit older than me, so yeah. you might be able back in the day. Wait, oh, well, let me. Can I ask you a question? Are they like? Did these people the first one these players easy, actually so this play, or were they just kind of like scrubs on the team? I know. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Oh, all right. Can I guess? Just shot in the dark. I really, I don't know. No. I just, this guy came to mind, so I'm gonna say him. All right, Lee Evans. Guess is up for round one. So Marty, you got to guess. Damn. I was thinking that too. <laughs> All down south, basically Dixie uh, wait, is can I ask one question? Where's the, all the southern the states that were part of the Confederacy during the Civil War. I'll give it you. All right, since Dan missed his first guess, he played his college ball at Mississippi State. Okay, I should know that, but uh, Mississippi. All right, so you guys, nothing on round one, on round two. <laughs> Okay, all right, uh, this player was drafted on the first. No, this is the, still the same player. Still the same player. Wait, wait. Is this right, a so different this player? Guy now? He was drafted first overall with the twenty fourth okay, okay, pick right. to the Buffalo Bills in nineteen ninety six. In his first two seasons, he was kind of a very average player um, because he had to sit behind Quinn Early and Andre Reid. But in nineteen ninety eight, he finally had his breakout season. Fuck you. You did it. You did Mold. You got it. Molds. It's Eric Molds. <laughs> I'm interrupting you. I'm interrupting you. Uh-huh. All right, good. I, I, I knew when you said he sat behind those other Marty pulled guys. out his Chromebook. It was, it was Eric Molds. 95, Mississippi. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, so I, I didn't know enough about yeah. I, I, I was going to make this run one easy for you guys just to kind of get where, where I was going with it. But yeah, man. Yeah, it's got to be more. For the, uh, for the third hand, I was going to tell you, he had a basketball court in his house. Pretty hard. And he always <laughs> invited guys over to play basketball during the offseason. Probably probably, probably would have got it from number two. I never would have got that. Because <laughs> number two was he helped. <laughs> 
two, he, I said, I well, two gave me a better record, understanding of that um, era. Total yards for a did. season until Stefan Diggs broke it this year. And then he was traded to uh, Houston in 2006 and then finished his career in Tennessee. I told you guys it was going to be easy for the first one so you guys would understand. All right, I, no, I don't. Jake, you got a hard one. I didn't. Yeah, ha- I don't have any. All right, hang on. You two. All right, you guys want to move on to the number game, and I'll figure out another <laughs> player to do for you guys for the second one. Since you guys ruined that already. I no, I kind of expected you guys to from Clue too, but I just wanted to make week one. Were we, of were we week, I'm not going to be as nice about it. Yeah, I just wanted to see where I was going with it because I didn't yeah. want to pick an early guy. All right, All right. I'll, I'll do my homework next. You time. know what? Give me two seconds. I will look up another guy for us and give you clues from him. You guys hear me? Sorry about that. I think we may have gotten disconnected. Yeah, I can hear you, Dan. No, you're fine. You All right. You guys ready? You guys just talking about you guys ready? Yeah, yeah. Challenge. But they, uh, right. Jake's. So here's player two. New guy for us. So this player. I'm ready. He attended college for his first two seasons, 2004-2005, at Shabbat College in California. In 2005, then, he transferred to Kentucky. And in his first first season with Kentucky, he had 12 catches for 159 yards and one touchdown. Wait, 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 wait. What was that last part? Can I stop you there? Uh, oh, sorry, Dan. The last part was he recorded 12 catches for 159 yards in his first season in Kentucky. Can I go back? No. Ooh. Stevie Johnson. You guys are such dicks. Come on, man. All right, all right, all right. Is that battle? Yeah. Come on, man. I, you want to know how I knew that? You want to know the honest reason <laughs> That's why That's a Buffalo I knew legend that, right there. Oh. When I used to play Madden. And, like, every time you throw the ball, the announcer would yell. He'd be like, Stevie Johnson from Kentucky. And, like, that is always stuck in my head. So, as soon as you said Kentucky, I was like, yo, it's it's Stevie J. This is Stevie J. That's weird. That's what I'm saying. That's the same way I know him, bro. All right. You guys want one more then? Yeah. I like this. This is cool. All right, so this player, he, in his first season in college in 2001, he redshirted for the University of Nebraska. In 2002, he became the first ever freshman to start a season opener. And just the third rookie to start in any of his first-year competition. He played 14 games starting 13 at left tackle and posted the second highest season pancake total in Husky history with 171. His freshman season, he was named an All-American by FWAA, Sporting News, and Rival.com, as well as first-team freshman All-Big 12. In 2003, this player was involved in a fight during practice and was suspended by his head coach. And then in 2004, again, the player was charged in another fight on campus that got him suspended once more. He paid $500 in fines 
And at that season, he became shifted to center. Then in his final season, he transferred to the University of Oregon, and he didn't meet the conditions he had before he met Oregon, and unfortunately had to see an anger management course. I feel like I have an idea, but can we guess? I have an idea. Hello? Hi, guys. So I'm sorry about that. Had a little technical difficulties. I think my internet just uh, lagged out before the end of that podcast. So I'm just coming back on to say thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this podcast, everyone. Um, I'm going to thank you to my co-host, Marty. Um, had another great episode with you. And, Dan, thank you for being our guest this episode. And we would love to have you back shortly because I had, we had a lot of fun doing that episode. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning in to Jacob Marty's Weekly Dose.